Oh my goodness. We are live, episode 001, God is Speaking, Are You Listening? Welcome to the God in My Everything podcast. My name is Joe White, and I'm here with my heroes, yes, and friends, Mm. pastors Lawrence Smith, Heidi White, and Mitchell Redondo. Uh, Each month, we bring you an inspiring conversation to help you discover how to grow as a follower of Jesus. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the conversation begin. I am so excited because we're launching our monthly podcast. Uh, That's something to be excited about, but also because we have a great conversation ahead of us. I truly believe that. I've heard a lot of people say, Joe, how do I discover my calling, my purpose, my passion? Have you guys heard that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a common thing that people ask. That's a common question. Pablo Picasso said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And I just want to start our conversation about that. Do you believe that Pablo Picasso is correct? Do you think the purpose of life is to find your gift? Uh, I'm sorry, the, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose is to give it away? Do you agree or disagree or would you say it differently? Well, my first thought is, yeah, I think part of my purpose in life is to discover my gift, but I think more importantly is to discover the giver behind that gift mm. that I've been given. Mm. Um, I think for me personally, it's easy for me to be all about doing like the tasks of life, the succeeding in life, um, trying to get the work done, uh, without even giving second thought to the fact that someone is behind that work in me and through me. Um, People focus on outcomes of the gifts, but often not the gift giver. Right. Mm. And, and so I think for me, I would say the purpose of life is a relationship with the giver of these gifts to all of us, mm. which, I mean, we would, we would call God. How about you, Mitch? Um, I think that, uh, number one, I think we should like move on. This is like an easy question to answer. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> we move on to more advanced questions. I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, uh, I think there's a two really great what's well, one question but there's two things in there you're talking about identity and talking about purpose and uh i think they say life in life everyone every person no matter what culture or background what part of the world you live in you're asking four questions um where did i come from mm-hmm. who am i why am i here where, where am i going yep. and um, you just hit on two of those four of the questions yeah you know people have these profound sense of I, I want some I want to know what my life is about mm-hmm. and I want to know how I can best contribute to the life that I have. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, when you in your pastoral work meeting with people, spending time with people, do you feel like people are confused about their sense of purpose or contribution to the world? You know, I think um, more of the bigger question, um, is who people, like, who am I? Um, and I think that that gets to contribution, but just like Mitch is saying, you gotta, you gotta answer the question who you are before you can answer, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the, the bigger piece is understanding that we belong to God. Mm. We are his children and, uh, he wants to use us, um, you have to understand who you are first right 
So I, it's kind of peeling back a little bit. It's a, it's a stumbling block, right? Because the average person does what they can get paid for. The average person d can, you know, uses their life in such a way that they feel useful mm -hmm. and they can contribute. But the more profound question, who am I really? Like, who am I really? Like if, like, if you go online and look up right now how popular Enneagram is, you go online and look up how popular mm -hmm. Strength Finders or, right. or Myers-Briggs, right. there's a reason why those things That's are good. so popular. Right. Because we, we don't have this sense of identity. We don't have this sense that I, under, I get me. Right. I get who God created. And, and I, I'm going to operate out of that sense of self-awareness. Right, right, right. So I guess as you kind of think about what it means to know thyself, what yeah. it means to like, who am I really? Who did God make me to be? I want to get into in our conversation today, how do you discover that? But, but we can't start there, can we? Right. Because behind, behind the question, what should I do, is the question, Lawrence, that you raised, who am I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a long time ago, I remember this, this, um, this conversation I had with Josiah, my son, and he was really concerned about the fact that he didn't score any points in his basketball game. I don't know if you remember this, Heidi, but he was like, you know, I have a very competitive son, someone who wants to really like do something, right? He wants to do something. And there was this moment where he was defeated after the game because he didn't score a point. And I remember this, it was, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a burned into my memory. After the game, I pulled him off the court. I could see his disappointment because he wasn't a contributor, right? He wasn't somebody who was actually like doing something. I remember pulling off the court and I looked at him in the eyes and I remember telling him, if you never score one more point in your entire basketball career, I mean, not a missed shot, you know, not a lucky shot, not a free throw, you know, not a bucket. If you never get one more point for your entire basketball career, I told him that won't change how much I love you. And it was almost like I could see the burden lifting off because it was this moment like, oh, I don't have to contribute anything to change how my dad feels about me. Mm. Like that relationship isn't based on output. Mm. That relationship isn't based on what you contribute. It's based on your status. Mm -hmm. The status of being my son, right? So I wanna, I wanna raise this question to each of you. Have you had God moments in your life where your status the feeling that you belong to God, the belief that you're his child. Have you had moments like this in your life which have helped you to see who you are? Have you had experiences like that? As you guys consider yours, I remember um, a, a really important moment for me. This was in, um, I was a senior in high school and I had uh, started something actually in Fresno called All City Worship and Prayer. I was, I was 17 years old, and I was bringing together churches for monthly nights of worship and prayer. It actually blew up. Uh, on, a, on a couple occasions, we had over 1,000 people at these events, amazing events, like, wow, right, wow. 
I remember one particular moment. I was at EV Free, now known as The Bridge, here in Fresno. And I'm sitting there um, in a time of worship with my peers, and I remember feeling like I needed to get on my hands and knees. Just, you know, as like a, a, a visible example of surrender to God. And so I got on my hands and knees, and I remember feeling like, and it was more of a feeling than anything, but it was this feeling that I was in complete obedience to God. But what I got out of that experience was not how great is it that I'm in complete obedience to God. What I got out of that experience was, oh my gosh, God like loves me. It was the feeling of absolute, complete love that God has for me. That feeling, um, I've never forgot what that felt like. And, and I've gone through seasons where I have felt distant from the Lord, where I have you know, gone through hardship and tragedy, but that is a moment in my life, a God moment, mm -hmm. that I return to to remember what it feels like to be loved. And, th and that has not left me to this day. I'm, you know, that's 20 years ago, and I, st I still remember what that feels like. How about you guys? Do you guys have God moments where you remember who you are? Well, for me, actually, it kind of segues from your Josiah story. So I am, I would describe myself as two things, a doer and a perfectionist. And when you put those together, it's like super deadly. And so um, about three years ago, I, I would describe reaching a personal low. Um, I was feeling overworked. I was, I feel like my overwork and my doing and trying to succeed in all these things in my life, it wasn't working and it came out in how I was as a mom and as a wife. And I faced that like every day, like I can't escape from that. And um, I got to a place where I was like, I need help, like I need to talk to somebody. Mm. So it was like, do I talk to a counselor or do I uh, meet with someone we call a spiritual director? For those who don't know that, uh, what a spiritual director is, uh, it's someone who uh, listens to you and is listening on behalf of God of like and looking for what is God saying to you and doing in your life and meeting you in the moment and so um, I was recommended someone and so um, I met with a spiritual director and I was just describing my life to her and how I was feeling and feeling really in the thick of it and feeling very far from God even though I was like running children's ministry at neighborhood church and doing the, the church thing and feeling like like this inwardly di very different person not happy about that and uh, she sat and listened and she said like Heidi what do you what do you think God feels towards you right now like what do you think he has to say to you as you've just spewed your life and he sees all of that what do you think his heart for you is and I sat there and I heard these words and it was simply Heidi I just want to be with you mm. and I like started weeping and I was telling her this and as I was just reflecting on like what would that mean for me to be told I just want to be with you mm. especially as a doer the onus even on that statement is not on me he's not saying Heidi I want you to just come to me or I just want you to be with me which would ask me to do something for him because I was so tired of doing mm. and I I'm the person that's like devotionals and getting up earlier a challenge and feeling like I'm failing at the doing part for God to ask me to do one more thing to be close to him was like I can't and for him to say I just want to be with you is mm. all on him 
to be with me. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the doing. It's not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. And for him to say that um, just kind of shattered all my like built up pretenses about what God expects of me. Mm-hmm. That it's, he's just saying, you're my daughter and I just want to spend time with you. Like, and, and from that, it was like, I needed to engrave that everywhere in my life. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. as a doer, I put post-its literally with the words, I just want to be with you all over my house. I put it on my fridge. I put it over my stove. I put it on the microwave. Um, so that in those acts of doing, right. it was simply a reminder of, God just wants to be with me in this. He's not mm-hmm. asking me to right. add one more thing to my life, mm-hmm. uh, which to me would have felt very overwhelming and like a, I'm doomed to fail if God was to ask one more thing. It was more like, open your eyes to see that I just love you mm-hmm. and I'm about being with you. That's awesome. God moments, right? Mitch, how about you? Yeah, I mean, speaking of reminders, like, uh, so I have, like, a new morning routine. You know, I read my Bible. I pray. You know, I uh, check Christian Christian Mingle. I mean, uh. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's no shader for anyone that does that. Um, anyways, but no, one thing I do is every morning um, is to remind myself of who I am in God. Um, as Joe, as you asked me, I couldn't think of, I'm sure there is, but I, as you ask, when was that one moment? And I'm sure there's been a lot of, like, crucial pivotal moments but I just think of the daily reminders when I wake up to remind me of who I am in God because I feel like for me like that's something I have to remind myself because if I don't remind myself I can find myself feeling like I have to you know um, you know get people to like me or if someone doesn't like me you know I don't I I I wrap my self-worth in people's opinions and um, thoughts of me and that's like not healthy at all because it makes me just like unstable and it reminds me to like place my identity in in God and right. and that's a reminder of who I am and that in that if there's like someone who doesn't want to be a part of that or accept that you know then I don't have to take it personally or I don't have to go try to fight for someone to be in a relationship with me that doesn't want a relationship with me like I'm good and I feel stable I feel solid and if anything it's like I'm being who God made me to be and in that I have to have strength and courage and and to be tough <laughs> yeah. in that, to live that, to be that, because it's who I was made to be. Amen. How about you? Well, the, uh, first, the thing I like about, about that reminder, Mitch, is that uh, these types of, of moments mm. don't have to be all these big, wow. one yeah. singular moment that we always look back to. It's good to have those. Right. I have one that I'm going to share. Mm. But I like this reminder, Mitch, because it's like a daily thing that needs to happen for us. Mm-hmm. That's good. That we remember who we are and that God tells us, like, you're mine. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like we come up against stuff every day uh, that steals that away and makes that confusing. It makes it hard to remember. It makes us doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, rem- it makes it hard to think about what is it that I should be doing with my life. Uh, and so we need that constant reminder uh, of who we belong to. Uh, and that happens for me through scripture a lot. Mm, that's um, cool. Yeah. Just re- reading simple verses that uh, say that God is my father, that he loves me. Mm. Um, but going back to my God moment, uh, yeah. mine happened when I was in high school. Actually, I was a senior uh, and I was at uh, summer camp at Heartland. Uh, and we were out uh, having a a bonfire worship night under the stars. It was beautiful. Um, the weather was nice and cool. And I remember just sitting, listening to the worship music, looking up at the stars, 
And at this point in my life, I was feeling pretty low on myself. Uh, I had really low self-confidence and mm -hmm. thought uh, most people didn't like me. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking and, and, and being actually reminded, I, I had this, this physical sense that God was with me, uh, that God was there in the place. And I felt him bring my attention to the stars, to the mountains, mm. to what was around me. And it was a beautiful thing. It was, it was a beautiful scene. And I felt like God was saying, look, I created these stars and they're good. I created the mountains and they, they look amazing. I created these trees and they're so awesome. But I also created you. Right. And I look at you and think you are so, so good. Mm. All these things are good but I created you mm. for the purpose of knowing you mm. uh, because I love you. Um, and it was, when he said, I love you, it was like a feeling of love. Mm. Um, not just the words, I love you, but the feeling that God is with me and that he loves me. And it's one of those moments that I always go back to uh, that I remember often. Uh, and then I even remember uh, regularly, like weekly, mm. um, to remind myself of who I am and who God is. God moments act as as big moments in our lives where we're reminded of who we are and who God made us to be, but it's so important for our conversation to, to say exactly what uh, we're emphasizing here. It's actually the culmination of many small moments. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, for, for those of you who are listening and uh, those of us who are married, you don't realize how many moments of shared love lead up to the experience of expressing love at the wedding day. You, you don't just show up on your wedding day going, oh my gosh, this moment says everything about I think I love you. Are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's literally thousands of moments leading up to the wedding day, the and it's moment. the culmination of all that stuff that brings you to the place of identity. Right. In the same way with our relationship with God, it's the culmination of daily experiencing his presence, daily experiencing right. his right. voice. But it also strikes me that while the daily experience and the big moments are vital in understanding our identity, there are also barriers right. to, to, to experiencing the identity that we have in God. In other words, when I say identity, we're talking about who am I really? Right. Who am I really? Am I, what am I really, what, what is my contribution to the world? And there are all sorts of, maybe you could call them distractions, maybe you can call them um, temptations, maybe you can call them trials, but there are all different kinds of things right. which hit us and keep us from leaning into our identity. Henry Nouwen is one of the, um, just one of the authors that has always meant so much to me. I feel like I've read everything by Henry Nouwen over the years and, and continue to return to some of the things that he's said. Um, he talks in one of his books about our identity. And he's thinking about scripture and what scripture says about who we are. And he says that in general, people tend to have and, and base their identity on three different things. Let me see what you guys think about this. I'm just, so answer, answer this question. Do you think that he's correct or incorrect about what he's saying? He's saying people tend to believe that, that I am what I think I am, mm -hmm. I am what I do, or I am what others say about me. 
I am what I think I am. I am what I do. And I am what others say about me. Now, what do you guys think? Is he right on or is he incomplete? Or is he, um, what, what, what would you, if Henry now when we're saying here, would you push back or go with that? What do you guys think? I am what I think I am. I am what I do, and I am what others say about me. Uh, well, just from personal experience and then observation of even my own children, um, just the I am what I think. Uh, I think of one of my kids when they've messed up very like almost on the heels of them saying I did something wrong, they'll revert to I'm a bad kid. Mm. Like, no. I, and I'll have to correct them and say, excuse me, did I, did I call you a bad kid? And have to talk that out with them. But like no one taught them to think I'm a bad, he, my kids just make that conclusion. Right. And, and that's often just in their thoughts that my offense or what I did wrong equals I'm a bad person, you know? And so um, I think, and it's just in children, right? So um, I would say, yeah, I totally agree on that. Um, and then even just what I've talked about, the doing and what others say, personally, like, yeah, I am what I do. That's that's mm. like me as a doer and as a perfectionist. Um, my identity is found in how well I do things, you know, and being successful. And I've personally experienced um, just with what others say, really believing terrible things about me from mm. painful experiences in past right. relationships yeah. where damage has been done to where I just fundamentally who I think I am mm. um, right. has been shifted. You've experienced all three of those things. Yeah. 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 How about you guys? Uh, I think for Mitch, like one thing um, people ask like, hey Mitch, do you take things personal? And I'm like, no. <laughs> when like sometimes, like actually not all the time, I can't take things like very personal. You know, right. I have a big heart and stuff like that. And so I feel like that can kind of like get caught up in what people say about me, right? And I can take that in and believe what people say about me. So like, you know, if someone says, you know, hey, Mitch is not lit, like he's not cool, which, you know, no one really says. But anyway, uh, if someone says that Mitch isn't lit, Mitch isn't cool, like, you know, I can eventually begin to put in my mind like, oh, Mitch, you're not lit, you're not cool. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I believe Mitch is not lit and not cool. I'm just giving an example, right? Practical example. And the next thing you know, like I base my identity, who I am, off of what people say about me rather than what God says about me. That's good. Uh, lately, I've been feeling kind of depressed uh, and low about myself uh, because I think that this quote highlights this because I think lowly of myself mm. or I have this standard that I should be living up to and I don't quite meet that standard mm -hmm. and then I also think that other people have that same standard of me mm. um, and it's not really fair mm. right. um, but I don't meet up to it and I think that when we hold ourselves to this type of standard or we say that our identity is what I think of myself or what I do or what other people say it's not quite fair all the time and it's not quite based in reality. Right. And we often fall short of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes it hard to actually believe what God is saying. Right. And I've found that to be true of myself just recently. Mm -hmm. right. um, and it, it's interesting talking about having God moments 
and having big moments like that with God, and still I struggle with that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, my, my experience, I feel like this whole, like, you know, God just wants to be with me is like layers of an onion that he's slowly peeling back, that mm. there are, what we've been talking about, yeah. barriers that keep us from really believing it or living out of our true identity in, in God. Right. And it's what's interesting is we've all touched on how subtle, how subtle the, like, thoughts can be that just right. get deeply ingrained in us to right. where we don't know to question them. We just accept them. Right. Right? right like, yeah. no one's, you know, Lawrence didn't one day wake up and decide, I'm going to have all these high expectations of myself. Right. Yeah. Right? They're just kind of kind of built in as hardwire. Right? Or, like, you know, hypothetically, if someone said Mitch wasn't lit. Right. You know? Right. You take one thing, you try to write it off, but it kind of gets planted mm-hmm. in there, and it just kind of yeah. grows. It's like a seed that's dropped yeah. in you. Exactly. Take that so, seat out. So I don't. Uh, I feel like a lot of these barriers aren't like in your face. They're mm. they're they come at you sideways and like I call them undercurrents mm, right. in our life. You know, right. we're sailing on the top, but it's these deep undercurrents of right. false beliefs about ourselves or mm. what others say about us or pain and right. things like that mm. that actually twist our identity. Um, I would add one thing to what Henry Nowen said. Um, I think he's right on. And I think our conversation shows that we, we all, like, right now, these are barriers. Right now, these are temptations. Right now, these are trials. Right. And they attack our sense of being. They attack our sense of identity and, and distract us from who we really are and who God has really made us to be. But I think there's one more that I would add to the list. It's no more important than these here, um, but I think it belongs there. I am what others have done to me. Hmm. I am what others have done to me. When I sit with people and I spend time with people, they often bring up experiences and memories, things that have happened, which now shape their sense of identity. Mm. Someone may have never said anything wrong, but it was their, um, you know, I I spoke to someone recently who grew up in a home where where their dad was absolutely wonderful. Uh, never said, you know, quote unquote, a bad thing about them, but he was kind of emotionally absent. Right. And, and the effect of being emotionally absent, right. now this person was like, had a trouble being self-aware. They, I mean, it, it created a big category in their life because of this action or in this sense, inaction towards them. I am what others have done to me. So the reality is that the struggle's real, isn't it? Right. We, we all have to deal with the things that people have done to us. We all have to deal with the things that people have said about us. Right. We all have to deal with things that uh, we've, you know, that we contribute to the world, and now we invest too much of our identity in that. And we all have to deal with what we think about ourselves. But given the fact that this is our, these are our trials, and these are our temptations, how much more important then to hear what God thinks about us? Right. Right. How much more important then to have our identity based? in his voice but this is the barrier because how do we hear his voice how do we daily moment by moment day by day put ourselves in position to hear his voice let's take a second and talk about that because actually I think this this is an extreme barrier for most people most people will um, have a theological belief that God loves them. They'll have a ideological belief that they're valuable. They'll have a sociological belief 
that depression is bad and feeling good about yourself is good. Mm -hmm. Those are all truths about how people operate. None of them are sufficient. Because at the end of the day, everybody needs to hear God speak to them what God wants to say. So the question is, how do you guys put yourself in position to hear God's voice and to hear who he says about you? Mitch, earlier you talked about spending daily time with God. Mm -hmm. Give us just a couple minutes on what that looks like for you. Yeah, so um, I've been trying to, uh, like, spend time, like, spend my life with God daily. Not just, like, time that's just where I'm, like, in the passing. <laughs> like, really just, like, time where I'm, I'm sitting down for this. You know, I'm setting intention on it. And um, so I've been trying to, uh, I've been doing pretty good placing that daily into my, for me, it's in the morning just to kind of set myself right. on the right track for the day. Um, and really what it's doing, it's opening myself and placing myself in God's love. Hmm. And that's what it is, placing my identity in God's love. And I noticed that once I do, um, his character takes over my life. <laughs> God is love, he, yeah. you know, and evidence of who he is, the fruits of the spirit is seen with inside of my life uh, because I've made him the number one in my life. And um, I feel for me, um, that's where I base it all out of, <laughs> right? God is love. And so I'll, that's how I know where I need to stay and where I need to keep myself. And um, those are the thoughts that I'm hearing as I spend time with him, reading his word and like praying with, praying to him, with him, being with him. Mm. And the way I can tell I'm, I'm out of that <laughs> is if I begin to hear other people's voices or the voices of my circumstances or the voices of, you know, my past mistakes. And I'm not saying that um, there's times I, 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 I'm not saying that um, it's like I'm not listening to people's wisdom. Like there's times I'm listening to people's sure. wisdom. But in the sense of if I'm hearing like the voice of my fear, if I'm hearing the voice of fear, anxiety, um, nervousness louder than God's voice predominantly like mainly like more than right. those it kind of shows that my being my identity is based more in you know my those things rather than um, God's love right how about you guys there's two things pretty consistently that I do um, even I try to even do them when I'm not feeling like it um, one is I spend time reading the Bible uh, doing shape, mm. uh, which is just a helpful tool to listen to the voice of Jesus mm. while reading scripture. Right. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then journaling that down. Mm. Um, I can read the Bible, but if I don't write something down, I probably am not going to remember. Yeah. Um, so this, this method of shape just helps me remember what God has been saying. And I've been doing that for the past 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's like a solid foundation for that's my life. So um, cool. And uh, the other thing is called a breath prayer. Hey. Um, and it, usually it's, it's throughout the day. It's literally a couple seconds. Right. And it's something, a statement I could say either about God or a reminder to myself um, when I'm maybe feeling stressed or think of anything. And mm. it's something like, the Lord is my shepherd. Just a reminder. Yeah. Mm. Um, saying it in a breath. Right. Uh, a reminder that God is right there with me. Mm. Um, and, and those things, they, they have been like anchors 
for me. That's um, awesome. Even when I've been feeling depressed, it's not like it com- instantly changes my mood. Yeah. But it's like an anchor yeah. right. for my soul. Right. Mm. Um, when I'm in the midst of a storm, mm. um, I could still be anchored mm. um, to truth. Yeah, uh, Lawrence, first of all, I just want to thank you for teaching all of us about shape. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that actually, for me personally, was a real turning point mm. in even how I heard Jesus speak to me. Right. Um, I mean, I, I grew up reading the Bible and journaling, but just the nuance of taking right. a, a passage, of, passage scripture. of scripture yeah. yep. that stood out to me yep, and instead yep, yep. of just saying what I what stood out to me and what I thought maybe it, the reason why was to say no God is speaking to me yeah. through right. that verse yeah. and to write it down in his voice right. was suddenly oh I'm now taking the posture of listening strong. to him That's and great. realizing he is actively speaking yeah. every mm-hmm. single every single so just thank you Lawrence for mm-hmm. faithfully kind of passing that on and I think a lot of us have been blessed by that so I would say definitely doing shape for me personally has been one way that God has spoken to me Um, another one um, has been intentionally like doing listening prayer where I I think a lot of if I were to look back on my like prayer life over the years it's a lot of me talking and not very much listening Mm -hmm. and so just the act of walking and praying but actually not having an agenda and just saying god what what do you want to bring to my mind um Mm. and and just giving space to essentially what god said to me i just want to be with you Mm. and they don't have to have words for that and i so i think part of it was for me god you know god speaking to me is more of my posture of like being willing to listen Mm. and and just saying okay god if you have something you want to bring to mind bring it to mind and so that's where I've actually been more aware that he's speaking more often than I, I think I'm listening I think sometimes I you know growing up I just be like okay I'm waiting for that big audible voice or that very clear definitive right. moment where he speaks and actually now that I've learned how to be aware that he's speaking a lot a lot I look back at my life and realize my goodness he spoke a lot to me and I just didn't realize it like mm-hmm. I I heard him speak to me, but in the moment I had no, there was no like, oh my goodness, God just spoke to me, but he did. And so it's in those just silent moments of just saying, okay, God, like I'm available and willing to listen Mm. and show me what's your heart. Well, you know, especially for me, it's walking, Mm. Um, going out for walks, prayer walking, just being, yeah. Mm -hmm. And not having an agenda. Sometimes I have certain things, but listening and saying, okay, God, what's on your heart? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to know. Right. And often, sometimes it's for me. God's heart's for me. Sometimes it's for the neighborhoods, for other things. But Our podcast is entitled God in My Everything. And it seems to me when we're talking about the everything of life, it's creating the kind of postures where you are open and available to hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. Because more than anything, he's not saying, go do this, go do that. You know, be, be more of a contributor. You know, he's not saying, be more of a Christian. He's not saying, be more, be more, be more, do more, do more, do more. He's saying, hear, my, hear me tell you right. who I've created you to be. Right. Hear me tell you I love you. Hear me tell you you belong to me. Right? It's, it's a state of being. Right. But it's also not lost on me that we're not just bystanders. 
you, you talked about prayer walking. You talked about reading scripture. Mm -hmm. Mitch, you talked about spending time with Jesus right. in the morning. It's, right. it's we're not just bystanders, like, oops, it just happened that I have God's identity. It just right. happened that I just stumbled upon my identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, Pablo Picasso, uh, one of the other things that he said was the importance of causality. The idea that we are co-participants with God mm -hmm. in discovering who God has created us to be. He didn't just create little robots that we get downloaded information about God, and all of a sudden, I'm a Christian, I know who I am, robot, robot. He's saying, I actually made you, I've given you free will, I've given you a mind, I've given you a heart, I've That's created great. you as a whole person with a body, right. and, and we can posture ourselves in such a way that we better understand and can hear who God created us to be. Next week, I'm sorry, next month, when our podcast uh, number two emerges, we're gonna talk about more about the postures that we take to discover our sense of being and, and the, the contribution that we make to the world when we lean into our sense of being who God made us to be. We are contributors. We have something to offer. We have what the Bible terms as spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are gifts because they're they're because God is the giver. He has given us a sense of identity. He has put His purpose inside of us, right. and now we posture ourselves in such a way as we contribute that essence to the world. But we can't have that discussion until we had this discussion to say, "Do I know who God has made me to be? When's the last time that I heard God say to me, right. I love you? Right. When's the last time I heard God say to me?" You belong to me. When's the last time I heard God say to me, I am pleased with you? Right. After all, God said all those three things to his son in Jesus' baptism. There's no, there's no mistake to say that those things are absolutely true for those of us, uh, all of us listening to this podcast and those who are in Christ. But we have to posture ourselves to hear that voice. Right. To our listeners, I want to make sure that you understand that this is a conversation that we are having with you. If you are listening to this podcast, this isn't for you to just turn off and wait for next month. This is for you to ask the question, what does God feel about me? What does God think about me? Mm -hmm. If you're confused about that question, I want you to do two things. Number one, I want you to ask God. I want right now in your heart to posture yourself in the place of recipient and listener. I believe that God wants to answer that question. I believe that God wants to speak to you. I actually believe that God speaks. He created the world. <laughs> he spoke it into being, right? Uh, everything that God does, he speaks it into creation, right? I believe that right now God wants to speak his word to you. And, and you guys have talked about ways that he speaks. Uh, he speaks when you prayer walk. He speaks when you read scripture. Right. He speaks when you spend time uh, with him in the morning. He, he speaks. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ways right. God is wanting to speak. Are you listening? Are you listening? I want right now you to ask the God this question. Put this podcast on pause. Ask God, God, what do you feel about me? What do you think about me? But the second thing that I want you to do is I want you to share it with us. I want you to uh, email loveitlocal at neighborhoodchurchfresno.com. Email us what you hear. I want to hear it from you. I'm, I'm going to get that email, and we want to get in touch with you. We want to talk about it because we truly believe that this is the journey that every Christian at Neighborhood Church and beyond has. We want you to get used to hearing God's voice. 
We want you to get inspired to hear his voice. He loves you. He's pleased with you and you belong to him. We want you to hear those things from him. And we want you to hear them not because we are saying them in this podcast. We want you to hear them because you heard it right from the horse's mouth. You heard God speak to you that way. Right. You know, Pastor Lawrence, you, you, uh, you spend time in scripture. And I know that there are, there's a particular scripture that speaks to you. Well, what is that? Uh, yeah, one of my favorite verses of all time is Ephesians 2.10. Uh, and Paul's writing these words. The Apostle Paul's writing these words to the church in Ephesus way back when. Reminding them of who they are, uh, these followers of Jesus, who they are uh, in God. And it's like he's reminding them all together, mm-hmm. saying... For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. This masterful work of art that God created. Mm -hmm. We are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's great. Mm -hmm. We want you, our listeners, to um, hear Jesus speak to you words just like that. God is speaking. Are you listening? Are you listening? God is speaking. Posture your heart in such a way that you can hear him clearly say, you are my masterpiece. I created you. We're going to continue this conversation in podcast two and continue to build on the idea that God is speaking, but he speaks very clearly about who we are, but he also speaks very clearly about out of who we are, what can we contribute? The importance of causality. We're co-participants with God in renewing the world. He has put a gift inside of you that's meant to be discovered and used for him. If that's interesting to you, I invite you back next month to hear our podcast, God in My Everything. We're going to have uh, special guests and people participating in this podcast. Some of you will be featured on this podcast. I hope that you continue to engage with us month after month. And be sure you let us know how this went. This is episode 001, God is Speaking, Are You Listening? But we need to hear from you. We need to know, is this helpful? Would you like us to talk about something uh, more in depth that you might have heard on this podcast? Give us feedback, and we'd love to respond to what you are saying. You heard me say at the beginning that Pablo Picasso said, the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. Do you still agree with what he said? Thanks for listening.